We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night. Ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end... What will I become? Senwa Saga. Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. What is going on, Diesel Nation? We're excited to have you guys with us today on the Diesel Podcast. If you're watching this on YouTube and aren't subscribed, make sure and click the subscribe button, turn on notifications, like and comment. Let us know what you think about the episode, if you have questions maybe that we didn't ask, um, or if there's a guest that you'd like to have on to address a different topic, different make, anything you're curious about relating to owning a diesel truck, uh, the aftermarket, what's going on um, you know, with news and emissions, those sorts of things. We'd love to be able to deliver the content that you want, take your feedback and use it to be able to produce an episode. Today, I'm going to be chatting with Austin Denny, and he's very well known in the Power Stroke world um, with his six liter. And I wanted to chat with him about his truck, the the evolution of it from where he started to where it is now look forward a little bit in the six liter power stroke world and and uh, ask what comes next as far as guys like him pushing the envelope forward so it's going to be a great uh, a great chat with him today before we get to it I want to remind you our friends over at kershaw knives have a 20 percent off discount code for you just use code 20 diesel at kershaw.kaiusa.com it's a great way to save 20 percent off site wide on a knife if you're looking for something for edc or hunting fishing around the house um they've got something for every budget which is really cool so if you're a collector looking for something really specific with a certain type of blade steel or opening mechanism handle material um, or just need something you can work really hard and just have you know in a drawer in your pocket or you know throw in a, a tackle box or something like that they've definitely got something for you all right let's get to today's episode with austin denny and talking six liter power stroke performance austin welcome to the diesel podcast man i'm excited to chat with you you've come up on a ton of podcasts i've done uh, people in racing the six liter world the power stroke world so it's great to finally chat with you uh, be able to learn more about you your truck and uh yeah, let's talk racing and power strokes and going fast heck yeah bud let's go <laughs> i uh like I said, I've heard your name come up a ton and you know, we have listeners that, you know, they kind of focus in on the common side or Duramax or they're just new to diesels and they might not know your story, your passion for, for drag racing, your passion with your truck. Tell me a little bit about how it started with racing and performance. What got you into it? Or, you know, how, how'd you get bit by that bug? It would have been my sophomore year in high school. Parents bought a six liter power stroke out of necessity because they needed something to pull their camper. And I knew nothing about diesels. Well, kind of, it turns out they only pulled that camper one time to park it at the campground. Then they decided to like that campground, so it never left. So for like six months, the truck just sat. And I was like, well, this is a waste. I'll start driving it. And then I started kind of learning more and getting into the diesel stuff. And my neighbor worked for Caterpillar. So I decided to kind of, I wanted a job shouting one day. We went and worked on interrogator at a local ag spreader company and just like being around big stuff kind of hooked me. So then I got playing with the six liter stuff and seeing on like YouTube people turn them up, put tuners and stuff on them. So I was like, well, this is a great idea. Let's go ahead and, you know, stock head bolted six liters, put a tuner on it and see what happens. So it wasn't shortly thereafter. There was, you know, coolant blowing everywhere and, I went to a local diesel shop. It's actually Outlaw Diesel Performance in uh, Greenfield here. They studded the truck for the first time. And seeing, like, cab off a of six-liter stuff, I was like, this stuff is, like, we're, this nuts. 
Uh, well, I went to college. I ended up going to the University of Northwestern Ohio for college to study diesel and uh, ag diesel. My parents decided to go on vacation one time and left me at home with the truck. <laughs> and I sent a Snapchat to my dad of the cab pulled off in his shop. And he's like, what are you doing? And I was like, look, man, just, just bear with me. I got a plan here. And then I ended up doing like a non-VGT turbo and I ordered some bigger injectors. And then I had no goal with it. I was just doing it because I wanted to try it and like prove myself I could do it. So then I went to a track night over here at Muncie Dragway on like a Wednesday test and tune. And I made one pass and then I was like, ah, oh, crap. I was pretty well hooked after that and it was over. So I played with that crew cab for like two years, three years. I say play, I still have it. I ain't getting rid of my first truck ever. Uh, my dad actually races it in 770 now. But uh, I got to the point where the truck was starting to break down into like the high 11s. And the track told me like, hey, you need to put a roll bar in this thing or like you got to figure something out or stop going this fast. And I was like, well, that seems pointless. So I didn't want to do that. I was kind of in the shop talking with dad one day and he saw I was really starting to take an interest to it and like it. And he asked me, he's like, what happens if I just like buy you a single cab and let you just like tinker with it and play with it? And I was like, I don't know what's going to happen, Pops. We can try though. So I found a like. It was a Kansas State highway truck, just a single cab, four-wheel drive, six-liter. Uh, got it home, and within two days, it was just a bare frame. Painted it and ordered, like, put some traction bars on it, ordered a Flight Fab front four-link, and went out to the race 670. So we spent a few years in 670, 590, and now it's evolved into Pro Street and there's a pro mod sitting over there, actually. <laughs> how did you learn how to do all this? Or, or, you know, did you have a background in, you know, working on that platform of truck? Or did you have friends help you? Or how'd you get it all put together? YouTube. YouTube was the whole way, the first way. Uh, Outlaw's main mechanic, Marshall Campbell at the time, was a, he was really helpful and always showing me stuff. Like, whenever I'd pop into the shop, it kind of started out as just, being that kid that was annoying them and always hanging around the shop and didn't want to leave to just kind of going for it. And then when I figured something I didn't know, I just looked on YouTube and it was actually amazing that enough people have worked on these trucks that there's enough videos out there that, I mean, it's enough to get you in trouble really fast. Oh yeah. Well, it's, it's been, it's been really interesting to me. I've, I've said this a lot, but when I started to really get into diesel trucks, um, some of my friends had six liters. And that was kind of my first real introduction to, wow, these things can kind of, they take off quick with a tuner and a four-wheel drive launch. Well, this is different <laughs> than a gas truck and, and stuff. And I started to get more involved in following forums and go to different races or events and things like that. And the perception of how it's changed from then, so say like the 2010s, to where like a truck like yours is at is night and day difference with the power and all the things you guys can do. What are, well, you'd mentioned before the podcast about the engine, and I wanted to ask you about that because I've done, you know, had chats about different six liter engine builds and things like that. How do you make this much power to keep the engine together? Like, I know you can't give away the secret per se, but like, what's, how do you do it? If, if, if somebody wants to work as hard as I do <laughs> in the hours, <laughs> they can try it. Uh, we've learned it's, it, it kind of stems from not, Okay. There's been this perception here recently in like the diesel world where 
for the longest time in diesel drag racing, it's like, oh, it's completely different than a gas vehicle. We don't need to do anything like the gas guys are doing. Well, now we've learned in like the last, I'm going to say two or three years, the more stuff we keep implementing that like the gas guys are doing, the faster and faster we go. Well, for the longest time, it's like, oh, well, that's a Cummins. And it's not going to work with a six liter. Like we don't need to pay attention to AFR or any of that stuff. Well, this year I quickly opened my eyes after talking with the lawn extensively that paying attention to AFR is a big deal. Spraying three pounds of nitrous a pass is nothing. So I would say like the key that we've done to go faster is just, it's a lot of nitrous and a lot of boost and a lot of not as much fuel, but a lot less fuel and paying attention to the air fuel ratio. It's more like the engine build. Nobody believes me, but it's still a bone stock block. It's not sleeved or anything. It still had water running through it. The heads really aren't ginormously ported or anything. I mean, Jesse did port them, but they're not like, he's done a lot bigger ports for other people before. It's got a cool street cam in it, waggler rods. It does have forged pistons in it because I did crack a factory style piston, but I wouldn't be scared to put another factory piston in it. Um, and it's just got valve springs and push rods. Other than that, it's still what Ford made it to be. <laughs> <laughs> what what power level is it at now? Or I'm sure maybe that you're doing some changes or something this winter before next year, but. You know, what kind of what kind of times are you getting out of it and what, what power level is it at? Um, our last pass, well, not our last pass. The pass against at Shide, we on the horsepower calculator, it's right at like nineteen ninety seven at the crank. But for going up in that final race against Ziggler, I kinda looked at my crew guy when I pulled up in the staging lane, I was like, Hey, I think we have an exhaust leak, which is really inconvenient because I heard like a tick in the cab. And I was like, man, that sucks. It's like, this might hurt us. Well, that tick was actually a rod that had already started to bend and was starting to miss. So for most of that run, one cylinder was not firing. And then the truck shut off about 50 feet before the finish line because it hydrolocked the cylinder and bent the rod even more. It was a really nice picture. I I think my Instagram, (laughs) but, uh, I mean, that was, that pass was a 528, 136. Wow. But we, yeah, I've, the past, the last, since, um, it would have been post Rocky Top. So the last couple of events are Shide, and then the last couple of events Waggler Motorsport Park put on. I think we've done 11 passes, and all of them have been 533 or faster. So 533 to 528. So, we we chatted a, a little bit before the podcast about uh, it was real brief, but about transmissions and, and the five R and the four R one hundred. So what what are you running in your truck right now? It has a four R in it. I was a diehard five R guy. I just wanted to keep. I I don't know what it is. I have this thing on my shoulder that I like to carry around for some reason. If people tell me something won't last or you can't do it. I've just been like, well, watch this. Let's see what happens, I guess. So we kept with the 5R for the longest time, and I'm pretty positive I hold the record for a 5R. But we went, we've been like 558 with one. And the biggest reason we kept, I mean, we had to pull it out. Towards the end that we were pulling out every other event, 
because it was burning the direct clutches up. They just would not hold the power anymore. But anymore, it's like I was talking to Justin Flatford, who uh, does my trainees now. We were fighting converter issues most of the time, I think. Now that we've kind of switched around converters and started using more of a, it's actually like custom built stagers and stuff. It's like a bolt together converter, but still a weld together, just drop in style. I think I could take that 5R and go just as fast almost. But we went to the 4R because pulling transmissions was starting to wear on me a little bit. Yeah. Oh, for sure. I, I, I was chatting with a company. Um, builds transmissions. We we're talking about the Dodge trucks and the 48REs, and he was saying the same thing. It's a converter. They just get so hot that you're pulling them all the time, and you know they've they've kind of been looking for other kind of routes to go. Just the heat that you would build, you know, staging it, and it just wreaks havoc on it. So I know that that's uh, um, you know some guys have chatted with me about going the 4R100 route or sticking with the 5R, and it's, it's transmissions always interest me. I don't know why. <clears throat> of all the parts of a truck that <laughs> that kind of pull me in, it's the transmission side. Maybe because it if it works it's great if it doesn't i mean whether it's a tow truck or race truck or anything like that you're definitely going to feel it and be stuck but i'm always really curious about that side of the the kind of going fast game no i've always had great guys around me david ferguson took care of the 5r um anytime i see him tearing into that 5r or justin tearing into the 4 i'm like yeah that's some like witchcraft going on there we'll go ahead and let you guys take care of that and anymore now justin will call me and be like hey i got an idea that can make this better and i'm like does it mean i get to go faster the answer is always yes i'm like well well, go ahead do whatever you need to do then (laughs) that's your department i wanted to ask you something about diesel performance i can tell that you're really you're passionate you're excited you know about racing and your truck and um just the performance side of it and we have a lot of younger people who listen and I'll get questions from them. And one of them will kind of be, how do I get into this? But the other side of it is, how can I get into racing? It seems really expensive now. Um, you know, the truck prices are higher. How you know can I do this on a budget? And being all the different stages you've been to and how involved you are in it, what are some tips you would give somebody who's younger? They got bit by that bug, but they are looking for ways to be able to like affordably do it. Maybe it's a truck like we all did at one time. We'd use it for work during the week, take it, you know, testing tunes on the weekend and and everything else. But I was curious what advice you'd give somebody that's looking to get into racing. Biggest thing I can say is just show up. Everybody, if you show up to an ODSS event, you're not going to like walk into somebody's pit or anything like that. They're going to be like, hey, whoa, don't look at that. Get away. No, none of, we're all open books. You can walk up, ask any questions you want. And as long as, I mean, to an extent, if the person's like got his head deep in the laptop and started annoying, he might get a little irritated. But other than that, nobody cares. You can walk up and talk to anybody. But the biggest thing is, even if you have a Ken Phillips, one ODSS ET with a, I'm almost positive was a bone stock Duramax. You don't have to have anything super fast. You don't have to have, it doesn't, I mean, you don't need to jump in and try to run 670 right away. If you want to just race and get your foot wet and try to figure it out, show up run ET. And if you need help and you're, like, scared, like, I don't really know how to race or anything, ask. They will let somebody ride with you, and they will walk you through it. At UCC this year, there was a, a point where I think it was on Friday. LaVon actually had a session for beginners. Like, there would be seasoned racers sitting in, like, the staging lanes. Hey, if you don't know what you're doing, ask. We will show you. We'll walk you through it. 
nobody's going to shame you if you walk up, if you go up and double ball or anything in your learning. Like, just show up and get into it. And don't try to race outside your means. If you try to put together a setup that just because, like, I have this laying around and that laying around and this laying around, you're going to end up costing yourself more money in the long run when those fail and break and cause problems. Just take your time and build through the process in a sense. What, what truck would you pick or what would you suggest to somebody to, to get into this? Would you tell them to, to get a six liter? Would you tell them to look at a Duramax, a, a Cummins? What, what, what's a great truck to start with? We're trying to be affordable, not pick a six liter. Uh, <laughs> to start with, I mean, you can't go wrong with the Cummins, honestly. I mean, it's very reliable. They hold decent power just for being in a completely bone stock form. Will you find a transmission? Yes, but everybody tries to say this transmission is better than that transmission or that transmission is better than this transmission. All of them have problems at a certain point. If you go drag racing, a transmission, you're, you're not, there's not a transmission out there that once you drag race enough, it's you're not going to have to pull it. Like, there's just not that, the answer is not there yet. Yeah. Or ever will be. It's just part of racing. Yeah, they I get that question sometimes and I'm like, they all cost about the same. It's just when you're gonna spend the money on on doing it, you know. And I think with the used vehicle prices that are out there, those Cummins trucks aren't as easy or <clears throat> as affordable to find as they used to be. Same thing with like an LBZ or you know, uh, an LB seven or something like that. It's, it's tough to be able to juggle it, but I, I know that that passion for racing and, and getting into it is something that it's really important because I think everything comes from that. Um, the, the R and D on parts, um, the ingenuity, the hard work, the build, you know, team building, um, putting in the time and effort, it all kind of revolves around the racetrack. It always has, even in the gas car days, muscle car days. And so it, it's really encouraging to hear or, or see younger people, um, you know, want to get into it and not be intimidated, like you said, you know, because you go out there and you got 3,000 horsepower trucks and your favorite brands and they're out there going and you're like, I'm really going to go run a 14.5 or, you know, a 13.8 and not, you know, look like I don't know what I'm doing, but just like you said, showing up is so important. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's, that's, that is how I got started into it. My first year, I went to a Shy Diesel Extravaganza. I had, no clue really what was going on, but I went over there and I saw um, Chase Lunsford with this King Speed Pro Street truck. And I think at that point in time, he was doing like 560s or 550s. And I thought that was the fastest thing on the planet. And I was, from that point on, I was hooked. Oh, yeah. that The first like big event I ever went to was Shy Diesel. This was a long time ago. And I thought that I knew what diesel performance was about till I got there. And I could tell immediately kind of getting into town when there's just tons of vehicles everywhere, tons of <laughs> diesel trucks. And then you get to the fairgrounds and just seeing the pulling trucks and, you know, the guys with the, the big trailers. And I was like, I had no clue what diesel performance was till I went there and saw everything. It was it was it, it was kind of intimidating at first. I'm like, I've been around or been in this industry for two or three years. I didn't know it was <laughs> like this, you know, but it, it's definitely worth checking something like that out. You can really, I don't know, it's just eye-opening and then just kind of lights a fire in you to um, you know, either race or be more involved in it or, you know, just want to be around it more. No, it, it the old shot at Terre Haute, that was a, 
that was that was an experience. That's all there yeah. is to say about that. <laughs> Pulling up there to the fairgrounds. Pulling down here to Wagler, it's I still get goosebumps every time. Shad, Shad's my favorite event. UCC is really starting to creep up there just because it's so close to home. But going down for Shad, and you you come over now now at Wagler, I'll never forget. You kind of you're in the back country in the middle of nowhere, and you come over a little hill rolling across a field, and then you look over to your right, and there's well, I don't know if it'll be like that this year, but there's big blow-ups for the pool and everything. Like the, uh, I think Nishimoto had a blow-up. Math TV had their big uh, inflatable. I don't know what you call those things, but just looking over there and seeing the sheer size of an event and the atmosphere around there is just, oh, I'm getting excited talking about it now. <laughs> <laughs> now for like a daily driver, what's, do you, do you daily drive a six liter or you, you stay in the power stroke? world or you know what uh what do you do uh, daily drive man i got a 2004 little chevy colorado <laughs> <laughs> little gas beer but no i have a six seven power stroke 2014 that i i guess you could say daily it's kind of a weekend toy but i like i said i still have my crew cub six liter that i started with it makes right around a thousand horsepower now and we still get that out and go play all the time it's still completely streetable and I wouldn't be scared to drive the Ford and back if I needed to. I'm sure there's a lot of guys who, who see racing and they they either have a six liter or they're thinking about getting one. And I'm thinking more of like that daily driving, maybe using it for work, towing something. And they always ask, what do I need to do to make it reliable? Or what should I do to, you know, make it perform, you know, as I want to? What are some things you would tell somebody that either is just like brand new to buying one or they're out there looking some things they should do to make it as reliable as they can. The first thing I would tell somebody is your best bet's not to go on Google and just Google a six liter and common problems. You will be petrified of it. There are millions of these trucks on the road and there is a complete and total recipe that you can Google. I mean, obviously you need to head stud it. Um, an upgraded EGR will say, and after that, I mean, the 5R110 in factory form, it. I've seen some of them go 300,000 miles with no problem. Some of them make it 150,000. But in all aspects, they're really not that expensive to rebuild in a stock form. It's a really good transmission. It holds a lot of power, too, in a factory form. 800, 900 horsepower on a factory 5R, in my opinion, will live for a while, depending on how smart you are with it. If you're going out there and doing burnouts all day, it's not going to live. Sorry. But just doing that stuff. And then the biggest thing on a six liter is maintenance. If you keep up on your maintenance, keep good oil in it. Don't, don't run hotel. Go get some hot shots. Go get Schaefer's. Get a very high quality oil. If you do run hotel, get like a stiction eliminator or a additive from the hundreds of companies that make them now, it seems. Just doing that alone will help the life of the injectors last. And I'm not scared of them at all anymore, obviously, but I like them, in my opinion. They are a truck with, I just don't have a limit on them yet, in my opinion. I mean, there's not another, to my knowledge, there's not another diesel truck out there that you can still take a cast block, stock, bone stock block, and go make 2,000 horsepower with and not worry about it. Yeah, there's, it seems like there's so many different, you know, routes you could take with a truck like that. And you'd mentioned before 
about having a plan put in place and not just using you know, like a part here and a part there. How, how would somebody go about setting up that plan? Is this to say, Hey, I want 600 horsepower or I want to run this at the track. How would, how would you suggest somebody puts together like a parts list and a, a build plan and what order to do things in? So it's actually like a very common thing that I've been harping on and kind of we've been debating hardcore is that in the ODSS organization, we have a couple group chats and people think the rules for pro street need changed. Well, my biggest thing on that is you need to, if you're wanting to get build a truck to go racing with, you need to pick a class. Say I want to run 670 or I want to run 590. If you want to run pro street, say I want to run pro street. And then depending on the platform you have, if you call, if you say I want to run 670 and say you have a crew cab short bed and you call Firepunk, they're going to give you a, they could probably give you a quote over the phone of this is what you need and we'll put you at 670 on the money every time. If you want to run 770, it's the same concept. Just keep picking. There's an ET 770, 670, 590, Pro Street, Pro Mod. You can pick any of these classes. The ET and 770 trucks, they are your street trucks. 670, in my opinion, is there's a few out there that do it, but you're getting away from a street truck at that point because it does take, in a still street form truck, you're talking 14, 15, 1600 horsepower around 670. 770, you're talking an 800 horsepower truck. It's just pick the class. And like I said, it's there's companies out there that have built enough of these trucks and have enough trucks running that they can tell you what you need and what to expect. I think even like for a daily driver or something where we want reliable, you still struggle with that a little bit. If you don't have a plan, I've done it, you know, where I buy this tuner, didn't like it, sold it, got this one at this air intake. And it, if I just would have stopped and said, what do I really want? What am I trying to do here? I could have saved a lot of money and, in time and so that that advice she gave it applies even the guys are you know towing trailers or using them for work is just having a plan at the start is that i'm sure you you chat with a lot of people and and you hear it where they go down a route and they don't like how it drives maybe the turbo's a little too big or the converter's a little too loose and then they got to change it and you're dropping it and you're spending this money and this time and i think just maximizing especially now you know in in uh in today's economy just maximizing that money and that time investment can definitely make the experience a lot better than you know when you're constantly either changing parts or pulling transmissions or you know doing things with injectors it goes a long way to i think have a better experience with performance and racing we took it all we brought them to our land an endless night ember hot and icy cold the rage of the earth we made this curse carved it in the blood on our backs we did not see we could not but she did and in the end what will i become senwa saga hellblade 2 play it now with game pass no 100 percent. that's like my crew cab truck people ask me all the time like how much money have you put in that thing i'm like like is it sits or like over the last eight years because i've rebuilt the thing like 10 times in eight years it was a terrible financial decision if i would have just done this the first time we would have been way better off yeah. or even the pro street truck now i mean it like i said it started as a bone stock 670 
index truck. I say bone stock, but for six seventy, I still think those are almost stock trucks at times. They're not, but if you still have steel bed and a steel front clip and everything, and it just has a roll bar in it anymore, I venture that is street and stock truck. <laughs> but it started out as that, and heck, we've rebuilt the thing. This is the first winter since that first year that I haven't really touched it. You got me thinking about something. Um, it talked about or mentioned that you don't think the six liter has hit its potential, full potential yet. And when I think about the Cummins world a little bit, I see, well, Duramax world too, but I see this transition of taking that engine and putting it into a car, something lighter. And I had done a podcast last year with a company that put a six liter in a GTR. And they were talking about the process of doing that. Do you think that's the next big thing is to take that engine and put it into something lighter to be able to push that envelope? I do. Um, putting it in a actual car form, do you mean like as a pro mod type chassis or do you mean just like as like a swap? I guess it could be either, either one, whichever sort of platform would get the weight down um, and just be able to kind of open up how fast it could go. Um, I don't really think like a swap, like how we think of Fumman swaps or things like that, but more like in the racing side and kind of like what Ryan Milliken's doing and some of those other guys out there. I don't know if you could say it's going to be the next big thing because the, the best way you can look at it is the faster the class you go to, that group of people, that circle gets smaller and smaller and smaller and smaller and smaller. Like if you sit here and think about the amount of pro mods, pro mod diesel vehicles that are even out there in the country, you're talking what, 20 people, 25 people, maybe? They're all diehard Cummins guys, most of them. <laughs> but it's just hard to get people to think of the six liter as this powerhouse. The things that Jesse is doing, I think, can make it very appealing. Um, buying an aluminum block at the price range that Jesse has discussed pricing it at, you can't touch like some of those Cummins blocks for that. And it's kind of a catch point too. Is if people want to, I can't say evolve because the fast pro, the fast Cummins pro mods all have Motec. You have to really change your thinking of seeing a factory ECM. <laughs> but it would just be a hard turn. Now, I mean, I intend to go a lot faster. That's why Jesse has turned over the reins and pretty much given me that gas and said, go to war with it and see what you can do. So the goal for next year is I want that truck to go in the fours. The pressure truck sitting behind me. can't see it. Uh, and the pro mod I, by by the end of 2024, the pro the power stroke record is a four five zero right now from the Rudy's pro mod. I want to get really close to that. That is my goal with that truck, and I think it's doable. If I can somehow make this forty seven hundred pound truck go, if it can go four ninety nine, I'll do backflips down the whole track. <laughs> That car over there, I'm hoping, will weigh 3,100 pounds with me in it. So, at the same power level. If I can figure out how to two-wheel drive, we'll be doing good. Do you think – I'm thinking about the power stroke. 
in general when when we're you know chatting about this and i think what would have the potential you know to make this power what has the r&d behind it what has the the guys who are willing to race it do you think that the six liter engine is kind of the best hope for it like do you see the six four doing any of this or i i i don't know if i see six seven stuff progressing to this level um or seven three i saw just in my mind i kind of think this is the best platform to probably do it with when you think of the power stroke level just the power stroke group in general there's a couple names that instantly pop in my head it's i think of charlie fish nathaniel zach pierce and uh now all of a sudden i just drew a blank on his name he's got the burgundy 73 so oh brian yes yeah i think of brian all of those trucks are covered by the three platforms. I agree, the 6.7, everybody thought it was going to be the next greatest thing in drag racing, and it just hasn't happened yet. But the 6.4, the 6.0, and the 7.3, the stuff that is coming out of that camp, out of us power strokes, is unreal. Zach Pierce has a crew cab that just went like, I think it went 5.38. And... After you, and I was like, "Yeah, you are. That's that's a lot." So there's, I think your collective to see it progress farther is if you can get more people to bounce ideas off of. If Charlie races his truck a lot more, it's going to be extremely fast, even faster than it is. He's going to keep learning, and then he can share that information with me, and we can keep bouncing ideas. If you look at, like, the Cummins guys, that's all they've done is bounce ideas off between, like, if you look at a race and there's Ben, Ryan, and LaVon sitting there, they're actually talking and discussing about stuff they tried and did, and it worked, it didn't work. We just don't have much of that. Like, there's not – when I go to a race, if I break apart – there is nobody else I can go to and ask for it. Like I have to keep a trailer just full of stuff or I just bring a whole spare engine with me. But the more collective group of people we can get that want to progress into that level of racing, the faster you will see that platform go. Do I think the six leader is like the best platform to work with? Man, that's tough. I would think so because in my mind it, I always tell myself it's the cheapest. <laughs> I, th- I think it, I'm definitely not an expert in this, in this area. It's just, it's, you know, I'm somebody who follows it and, you know, likes to cover different things that are going on. <clears throat> but when I think of, you know, seven, three, and, and I've had Brian on recently to talk about performance, you know, with a seven, three, um, and I think it's six liters and, you know, I'm chatting with you. I've chatted with Charlie um, I've chatted with a lot of these guys, and once I think about six fours, I I know the performance is there, but I just I kind of naturally naturally think okay, the six liter is probably for a few different reasons something that has a lot of potential. Um, I think especially because it's pre 07 there's a lot of things that you know people can do, or or they're just in a different kind of class of of what they can do. Um, that that definitely helps, and then like you said, there are some really fast six liters out there, and I, I, you've come up on a bunch of podcasts, so they know about you. They, they chat with you. Um, they race against you. And so I think that 
that kind of team, you know, pushing forward is definitely going to give it, you know, give it a really good chance. And that's, what's exciting to see. Um, I, I wanted to ask you about team for a second, because I think that's really important, not just in racing, but in a lot of different things. How, how does that help you do what you do? Um, how does it help even the sport itself? Like you mentioned, LaVon, Ryan, and Ben sitting there chatting and talking about things they did. Um, I always really like to talk about that side of it because I think it's incredibly important, especially, you know, you're traveling, you're racing, um, you know, doing a lot of different things. How does that help you stay competitive and push this forward? It is, uh, it, you can't do it at this point without a team. Um, obviously, I kind of race out of the Warren Diesel camp now. Trying to talk Jesse out of pulling. We'll go racing full time, but he, he's, he, he likes pulling too much. But just, I've got Justin Flatford and my, he's actually, I work with him all day and then he comes here and works all day in my shop. But Alex Marr, the amount, it doesn't matter what I break in a sense of just knowing that I have them sitting there and they're like, they, heck, uh, UCC two years ago. I threw her out the number one rod out of the block racing Cody fish and the SNS diesel grudge race. And I was like, crap. Well, we're only 30 minutes from home and my spare engine still sitting in the shop. So I spent dad home. We swapped the engine overnight. It's an indie. They were down for it. They didn't care, but just trying to find people that are willing to commit to that much work and not look at you. I mean, I can't, I can't pay them guys but their time. I wish I could, but just having a team in general that will be there for you and you know you can rely on it a helps in the fact of like i don't have to worry about every tiny little detail on the truck like on race day i can focus on race if it breaks anymore they just jump in there and i'm like hey what do you guys need you need some tools or something i can you know stand over here and answer questions i guess but that's just the biggest benefit I see. The other benefit is having Jesse. Um, he's told me before to go win races and he doesn't, you know, just having the, the, having somebody there that knowing that if I do break something, like my season's not over, he's willing to help. He will make sure that we have the opportunity to succeed and push this platform. I'm really big actually into dirt car racing too, in the sense of like a fan. And it's, that's one of the biggest detriments that I see to some people that have the opportunity to be really good. And you see, they have a lot of skill is if they're kind of out there, like racing to not break it at this point in pro street, it's just, you gotta go. That's a, that's a really good point. And it, it applies to a lot of different things. Like if you think about starting a diesel shop or starting in any company really, or racing, like you talked about with not being afraid to go out there and you, you know, don't know what you're doing. So you ask questions is just taking that leap, so to speak. And then once you do is having those people around you who will support you. Um, and the confidence is incredibly important. How do you, I would be thinking this if I was listening to this podcast, how do I find those people? How do I find those people that I can trust or that would do, is it just the passion kind of brings people together and you just meet them or how do you, how do you do that? 
Um, it is definitely this whole racing family. It literally is a family. Um, Justin came around because I was referred to him from Steve from Stainless Diesel. He said, "Hey, just so you know, this guy is like in your backyard because Justin only lives thirty minutes away, and I had no clue about this, and he can help you get where you need to get with the transmission and stuff." Alex, he's from Wisconsin. Uh, he was down here for work when I still worked for Caterpillar, and uh, I got a phone call from my dad and said, "Hey, this kid says he knows you or something, or he follows you on TikTok." He's like, he's over here at the shop. We're playing cornhole. You want to slide over real quick? Went over there, and we just kicked it off. Now he's literally my best friend. He uh, ended up moving down here for work, and I left Caterpillar and went to work with him. So it's just me and him in the shop. But he's just – he likes to work. He's down. He wants to go racing, and it worked. Uh, shied this year. I blew up two high-pressure oil pumps. There was a – I have no idea, and I feel bad. I don't know his name, but he works with uh, Bob Milliken in Arizona. He just happened to be at the track, and next thing I know, he was pulling the turbo off the truck and starting to change the high-pressure oil pump, and I was just like, okay. It looks like you know, okay, whatever. <laughs> but it's just you have to – if you're at that point and you want people to help you, if – people that just want to be around for the race and they don't want to be there they want to be there for saturday they don't want to be there monday through thursday and drive you get a lot of those but to find those diehard people it's you just you know it when you meet them and you network and you it, it just happens i don't know how to explain it completely like there's not a do A and B will happen. It just, you have to, it's just meeting people and. Yeah, I think, well, I think you, you definitely, the way you explained it, I, I understood. It's almost like when you put out positive energy and you're around someone else who does it, you just, you know it versus if they don't, you know, it's, it's just something you can sense, but I think it's putting yourself in the right kind of environment um, in the right situation and then networking, which is kind of really tough. It, it can be tough for some people. Um, you know, I think about saying myself is I, I don't walk into a room and just talk with everyone, which is really kind of funny because people think, Oh, you do a podcast. So you love to talk with everyone. And I, I do enjoy talking and I enjoy learning, but the networking was always sort of hard for me. I'd have to think, um, you know, what, what pulls me together, which trucks was a major one. So I got to know a lot of these people was passion for diesel trucks. And, you know, I see Ryan Milliken at this event and, you know, he was in Colorado and Oh, cool. And then yeah, I've known him for like 12 or 13 years now or just different people. So I think just stepping outside of that comfort zone, even if it's tough it is you find that passion and that excitement about like racing or trucks or whatever it might be. You just meet people who are the same as well. And you can build lifelong friendships. You can build teams. Um, you know, I'm sure this whole experience of what you're doing with your race trucks, there's there are lifelong memories there, things that are really important. And that's what I thought would be great to chat with you on this episode and really have somebody listen to and say, okay, I'm not going to let the fact I don't know how to drag race hold me back from this. Or maybe I can't, you know, build a 3000 horsepower truck right now. What can I do? Um, what can I get my friends excited about? And, you know, I think that's, that's a really key part and, and something with racing. Um, you know, I could tell, you know, like you said before, you're really passionate, excited about it. 
And that's the future is getting more people interested, taking that, that step forward. Um, you have some great pictures of your truck and videos. I know people are listening and like, I want to follow this guy. Where can I see what he's doing? Where can people check out what you're doing with the truck, get updates from you? Maybe they have a question they want to ask you about a six liter or a build and want to chat with you. Um, Instagram, it's awesome. Denny 6.0. Facebook's just awesome. Denny and TikTok actually has been one of my bigger things. And I'm pretty sure it's just awesome. Denny 6.0 as well. But the, I mean, I'll, I'm like I said, I'm an open book. If you ask me a question, I'll answer it. It's not, there's no, we don't help anybody by hiding what you're trying to do and being all sneaky and secretive. Nobody gains from that. So you got a question, I'll tell you what I think. You might tell me I'm an idiot, but hey, I'll tell you what I think. <laughs> well, I, I was really excited to chat with you, like I said, because I'd heard about you so many times that we never talked before. And seeing what you're doing with racing, the six liter, I'm definitely going to keep my eye on. So keep me updated on it. Um, you know, shoot us a message on Instagram, um, you know, just with updates, things that's going on. And I'd love to chat with you again, maybe you know, mid-race season or, or afterwards. I know you're going to be super busy, but just see how it did in, in 2023, get some more thoughts from you and hopefully inspire you know, some people out there to go to that test and tune or take their truck down the track or, you know, just get involved in diesel, get involved in something they're, they're passionate about. I promise you, once you make the first pass, you'll know right away if you're in trouble or not. Don't forget, diesel fans, make sure and head on over to kershaw.kaiusa.com. And if you're in the market for a knife, they got a 20% off site-wide code for you. Just use code DIESEL20. It's a great way to save some money on a knife, whether you need something for EDC or hunting, fishing, something, um, throwing a toolbox or glove box. Um, and there's so many different choices and they've had a huge uh, product release recently which we covered with them on an episode <clears throat> and so you definitely want to uh, check them out see what they got it's really cool to see their innovation in the knife world and we know you know diesel trucks and being outdoors and knives and lots of other things kind of fit together in that lifestyle so we appreciate them being part of the podcast and then also offering a discount code to our listeners also want to give a shout out to some of our patreon supporters tyler low and a 23 diesel um, Caleb, John, we appreciate all of you on Patreon, all of you who subscribe on YouTube podcast apps or on our Discord. Um, we're on year seven to doing this, and um, you guys make the show what it is. So we appreciate your feedback, your comments, the uh, questions you have asking for help or direction with something. Um, this is why we do the podcast and look forward to bringing you some really cool things in 2023. Until next time, keep the shiny side up.